Welcome to the Yoga at Home podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Klaus, owner and director of Inner Spring Yoga. This class was recorded live at our studio in New Albany, Indiana. You can learn more about me at my website, carrieklaus.yoga, and learn more about our studio or join us for a live stream class at www.isyoga.me. Before beginning this or any other new physical activity, please consult your, your healthcare provider. Enjoy your practice. Welcome. I already checked in at home. Does anyone that's here in person have any injuries or anything that would be important for me to know? Great. We are um, going to get started on our backs this morning. So you can just make yourself comfortable down on your back. And take any position here that feels good to you. So if it doesn't feel nice to have your legs stretched forward, you're welcome to bend your knees and rest with your feet on your mat. And take your arms wherever it feels best for your neck and shoulders. And just take a moment to first settle your breath. So the breath is slow. And noticing the, the quality or the texture of the breath. And just start to notice how the breath fills your body, how it moves around in your body. how the breath both expands the body and creates more space and at the same time has an effect of release. I just wanted to share with you this morning a little excerpt from an essay that one of my teachers, Sharon Gannon, um, posted recently. She said, recently, in response to the current events happening in the world, most especially the COVID-19 pandemic and racism in the United States, a yoga teacher said despairingly, Yoga is not the answer to everything. Now is not the time for introspection, but for action. I've heard similar responses from yoga teachers and students over the years at other times of crisis, be they a personal crisis, a national crisis, or a global one. When overwhelmed by circumstances that appear to be out of our control, it's an all too common response to throw yoga out the window and adopt an attitude of anger or sadness or blame as if these emotions could bring clarity or practical solutions to the real issues at hand. The crisis we are all facing at this time is a spiritual crisis 
And if one feels that yoga doesn't have anything to contribute during a time of crisis, then they must have a limited conception of what yoga is and how the practice works. Yoga comes from the root word huge, which means to yoke or to unite or to reconnect and remember God or the eternal self. There are many yogic practices that help to bring about this reconnection to the eternal source. Chanting God's name, prayer, meditation, asana, just to name a few. Any action, if done with the intention to remember God, can be a yogic practice, including marching in the streets, providing food for the hungry, and comforting the sick. But if action is motivated by anger and blame, the action will not bring about a reconnection to God, but only reinforce the domination of the ego within each person. The ego, by its nature, is selfish and incapable of compassion. Yoga practices help us to bypass the relentless demands of the ego, expanding our perception of self. The presence of God can be felt through compassion. We come to know God through compassion. Compassion is a yogic practice that leads to yoga or to enlightenment. This process of transformation is called spiritual activism. By relinquishing one's own petty agenda, the individual becomes a spiritually activated instrument for God's will. In the space of meditation or contemplation, where one can have sight beyond judgment, or where a person is able to just shut up and listen to that still voice within, they find out how to respond compassionately to the situations that arise. Take a moment and begin to deepen your breath. And if you practice the ujjayi breath, you can begin to constrict the muscles in the back of the throat, creating that deep echoey sound. just start to develop a speed or a rhythm of the breath where the inhalation and the exhalation are steady and equal or nearly equal in length. And as you're deepening the breath, begin to bring the knees towards the chest. 
And then as you bring the knees in, you can rock a little bit from side to side. Make some circles with the ankles. And then with both knees hugging in towards the chest, roll all the way over onto your left side. And then make sure the knees are stacked so the right knee is stacked above the left knee, the hips are stacked. Take a breath in on your left side and then as you exhale, start to turn the chest open towards the ceiling. And if it feels comfortable in your body today, see if you can make a cactus shape with that right arm. So bend at the elbow, let the palm face up towards the ceiling. And then let the shoulder and the elbow become a little bit weighted so the shoulder sinks down a little bit closer to your mat. And then you might try to raise that right arm up and down like half of a snow angel, just a little bit until you find a really interesting stretch across the front of the chest. So for me, I, I find it when I'm about maybe 45 degrees lifted or when my arm is kind of reaching towards the back right corner of the room. And then just take a moment to direct your breath into that sensation. So let the breath kind of fill those tight spots in your chest and expand. In his commentary on the first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Devdut Hatanaik says that in yoga, we develop what's called darshan, or a clear perception that arises through compassion. He says a world based on judgment evokes rage. Life becomes a battleground where both sides feel like victims, where everyone wants to win at all costs, where someone will always lose. In judgment, the world is divided, good and bad, innocent and guilty, polluted and pure, oppressor and oppressed, privileged and powerless. In Darshan, in this clear perception, one sees a fluid world of cause and consequence where there are no such divisions. A world created by observation evokes insight, hence affection, for we see the hunger and the fear of all beings. Life becomes a performance on a stage. If you can empathize with the fears that make people heroes, villains, and victims, then you are doing darshan. For then, with compassion, 
You can look beyond the boundaries that separate you from the rest. Take another breath in. As you let your breath out, just let that right shoulder and right elbow become just a little bit more heavy. And then inhale to return onto your left side. And as you exhale, roll onto your back. Inhaling to bring both knees up towards the chest, rock a little from side to side or take the knees around in circles. And then with both knees hugging in, roll all the way over to the right side, stacking the knees and the hips. With an exhalation, letting the chest open towards the ceiling. And then again, if it feels good in your body, you can make a cactus shape with the left arm. And then you might just slide that arm up and down just a little until you find that interesting place in the front of your chest. And then send the breath into all of those tight spaces. Negative emotions like anger, sadness, confusion, despair, blame, and the like, cloud one's perception of reality and disable one from acting from a place of serenity. It is from this place of calm clarity that solutions will be found and a new direction perceived. It is a normal reaction to feel angry and sad when thousands of people are dying from a viral pandemic Others have lost their jobs, and many are being violently abused, even murdered, because of their color. Yes, these feelings are normal for people, but a yogi must resist the seduction of negative emotions, which only heighten the polarity observed. A yogi is not a normal person, easily satisfied with samskaric existence. A yogi is interested in becoming a jivan mukta, or a liberated soul. Then what do we do? What action is appropriate during times of crisis? Can you still take to the streets and protest? Can you still wish for a kinder world? Yes, if you are willing to be motivated by a power beyond anger and preference. Patanjali suggests in the first chapter, Sutra number 33, that when you encounter suffering or dukkha, you should meet it with compassion or karuna. Take one more breath in and out. And then as you inhale, roll onto the right side. And then exhale to roll on to the back. Hug both knees in, rock a little bit from side to side, make circles with the knees. And then plant both feet down on the mat, heels in line with the sitting bones, arms at the sides, palms facing down, or holding onto the edges of the mat, setting up for bridge pose. And then with the breath, we're going to do what are called bridge rolls. So you're going to inhale, lift the hips, roll the spine away from the floor, all the way up to the upper back. 
And with the exhale, roll the spine down one vertebrae at a time. So it's a little bit like cat and cow. Go as slow as you would in the cat and cow and see if you can feel each vertebra peeling away from the floor as you inhale and lift. And each vertebra returning to the floor as you exhale one at a time. Compassion brings about the arising of enlightenment, seeing beyond the limits of one's ego encapsulated self. But what is compassion? Is it the same as sympathy or empathy? No. Sympathy is to recognize that someone is in pain. Empathy is not only to recognize the pain of another, but also to feel it as if it's happening to you. Compassion includes both sympathy and empathy, but it raises the bar a few notches. A compassionate person recognizes that someone else is in pain and feels that pain, but is committed to finding a way to alleviate that pain. Understanding that when you relieve the suffering of another, you will also alleviate your own suffering. Yoga practices are designed to help one develop compassion and by means of compassion, dissolve the illusion of otherness and all of the prejudices that arise from that polarity. Take one more full round of breath, inhaling, raising the hip, and exhaling and slowly lowering down. And then take the feet as wide as the mat once your pelvis returns to the floor, knees open as wide as the heels, and let the knees drop together to the right. This can be a really big movement. So the outer edge of the right foot or the right leg might come all the way down to the mat with the pelvis rotate away from the floor. And then let both knees go together to the left. Again, this can be a really big movement. So the outer edge of the left leg comes all the way down to the floor. And then we're gonna go one more time to the right. And one more time to the left. And then inhale and bring the knees back up towards the ceiling. This time as you exhale and let both knees drop to the right, see if you can get the outer edge of the right leg all the way down on the floor. So the left side of the pelvis is gonna rock away from your mat. And then with the left hand, see if you can reach down and grab the left foot or the left ankle and draw the left heel in a little bit closer to your left sitting bone. And then once you have that left heel drawing in towards the sitting bone, work on releasing the left knee towards the floor. For most of us, it will not get all the way to the floor and that's okay. We just wanna have that energetic action of pressing the left knee towards the floor. So you should feel some stretch in the front of your left leg through the quadriceps muscles and into the left hip flexor. And then rotate both knees back up towards the ceiling, releasing the left foot or ankle. 
And as you exhale, let both legs drop over to the left. Try to get the entire outer left leg on the mat. So even if your right hip rocks really far away from the floor, let that left leg be an anchor. And then reach back with the right hand. See if you can grab a hold of your foot or your ankle. Try to pull that left heel in a little bit closer, to, or sorry, right heel, in a little bit closer to your right sitting bone. And then let the right knee get heavy as if it might descend all the way down to touch the mat. And then release both knees back up towards the ceiling. Hug the knees in towards the chest if it's safe for your spine. Rock up and down the length of your spine and come all the way up to seated. If that's not safe for you, just roll one direction or the other. And as you come up to seated, we're going to keep the soles of the feet on the mat, knees pointing towards the ceiling. And then wrapping the forearms in front of the shins as you inhale, lift the chest. On your exhale, keep the left forearm wrapped in front of the shins. Take the right hand behind them. And then press the right hand down as you extend the spine up and exhale, twist the torso to the right. Inhale and release, turning forward. Right arm wraps to hold the shins together as you exhale, left hand behind the left hip. And inhale to reach the crown of the head towards the ceiling. And exhale to twist to the left. One more breath in, and then on the exhale, turn forward. Step the feet so that they're about hip width apart. So just like in your bridge pose, the heels line up with the sitting bones. Take the hands behind the hip. Fingertips can face forward or out to the sides, just depending on how that feels for the wrist. And then press the hands and feet down and lift the seat up, coming into the reverse tabletop pose. Don't worry today about how high your hips can get but rather press your hands down and really try to lift your chest. So you want to come into feeling that stretch across the front of the chest and the shoulders again. As a person exercises compassion as a practice, they get better at it. And the result is that they grow into humility, a direction away from selfish ego concerns. To be humble is to be close to the earth, unpretentious, to bend like a blade of grass, to serve rather than expect to be served. It's possible to let go of the demands of the ego, but it does take practice. The yogic nature is one of being a servant to others and to God rather than self-serving. As a servant, you do your best while not being concerned with controlling the outcome of your actions. You do your best 
and let God do the rest. Meaning that you act without selfish motives, trying to manipulate the outcome. This involves what's called viragya, or the yogic virtue of non-attachment. The Bhagavad Gita speaks of yoga as the perfection of action. If we want to act perfectly in a time of crisis, we cannot allow negative emotions like anger, sadness, or blame to motive our actions, because if we do, our actions will be imperfect and will result in future suffering. Take one more breath in, press those hands down, lift up through the chest, and then exhale to lower the seat. You can swing the feet to the side and come around to hands and knees or across the ankles and roll forward to hands and knees. And then from your hands and knees, set up for downward facing dog. So the hands are slightly in front of the shoulders, the toes tucked, pressing the seat back and up and come into Adhamakashvanasana. Take a moment here to alternate, bending one knee and then the other. When you're ready to settle in, for today, let both of your knees be soft. And really focus on the extension of the spine. So you're pressing the hands down and forward. Tailbone and sitting bone are lifting up towards the ceiling. And it feels maybe as if you could press your chest all the way back to touch your thighs. At this time of crisis, all those who are acting selflessly Responding to the suffering of others with compassion and humility are coming closer to yoga, to the remembrance of who they really are, to the reconnection with the eternal divine presence within. Through service, we understand that we cannot help anyone. We can only serve. As we become a channel for service, the understanding of the yogic teachings that mysteriously speak of God as the doer begins to dawn. Through compassionate service, the presence of God is revealed. When this encounter occurs, it's felt as joy. And with it comes the realization of grace. And the only response is one of gratitude. Grateful to the crisis for providing the opportunity to serve. This awakening to the joy of serving is what my friend, the Catholic priest, Father Anthony Rondazzo, calls radical servanthood, where you become a channel and are serving from the core, from the root of your being, from your soul, rather than from your ego. As you inhale, lift the gaze, look ahead towards the hands, and slowly walk the feet all the way up to meet the hands. At the top of the mat, lift and extend the spine, sliding hands under shins or thighs, and then exhaling to fold forward. As you fold forward, just do whatever you need to do here. So if you keep the legs a little bit straighter and lift through the tailbone, you'll feel more stretch in the backs of the legs. If you'd like to keep the knees soft and round the spine, you'll feel a little more stretch in the back of your torso.
The more you serve in this radical way, the more fulfilled you'll become and the more able to serve you become. When you tap into the well of compassion, you discover that it's limitless as it is the loving nature of God. As God spiritually activates you with compassion, your activism becomes for rather than against, and you become clear, steady, and joyful in the midst of crisis, able to uplift and to serve others. Take one more breath in and out. And as you inhale, rise all the way to stand, reach the arms out and up overhead. And exhale to release the hands together in front of the heart. And then take the hands behind the back, clasp into a fist and press the palms together. And then we'll keep the elbows bent so the elbows are pointing straight back towards the wall behind you. We're going to slip both hands to the right side of the waist. So you're going to take that fist onto the um, outside of the right waist. And then press the right elbow straight back. And you'll start to feel a stretch across the front right shoulder. And then let the right shoulder descend away from the right ear. And if it feels good for your neck this morning, you can also let the right ear drop towards the right shoulder. Good, then relax the left shoulder. Take one more breath in. And out. And then on an inhale, lifting the head back. And as you exhale, slip the fist behind the back. And then all the way over to the outside of the left waist. Press the left elbow straight back. And then let the left shoulder relax away from the left ear. And then if it felt good on the first side, you might try to tilt your left ear towards your left shoulder and relax the right shoulder down and away. And then as you inhale, lift the head back up. And then on the exhale, as you slip the hands behind the waist, go ahead and straighten the elbows. Press the palms together so the shoulders roll back and down. And see if you can stretch the knuckles down towards your mat. And maybe even lift the hands up and away from the low back a little. Then as you breathe in, squeeze the glutes, lift the chest, take the gaze to the ceiling. And put a little bend in the knees as you exhale, fold forward. Soften in the shoulder joint. See if the hands can raise up and away from the low back just a little bit more. And then on a breath in, let the hands release all the way down to the shins, lift and lengthen the spine. On an exhale, plant the hands and step the right foot back into a lunge. 
Then take a breath in, reach forward through the left knee and back through the right heel. And as you exhale, we'll go ahead and take that right knee down to the mat. For Anjaneyasana, inhale and lift the torso, reach the arms up. And then exhale, just like we did before, take the hands behind the back, clasp into a fist. As you inhale, straighten the elbows, reach the knuckles back towards the right heel, lift the heart. And then on the exhale, see if you can sink a little bit deeper into the lunge, so the left knee reaches forward, and the front of the right thigh comes towards the mat. Breathe in. And breathe out. Inhale. And exhale for two. And breathe in. And breathe out for three, releasing the hands on the inhale, reach the arms up. And exhale to fold forward, framing the left foot. Tuck the right toes under and lift the knee, breathe in. Breathing out to step the left foot back, downward facing dog. On an inhale, raising the heels, come forward into the plank pose. And then exhale to lower the knees and pause with the knees on the mat. With a breath in, lift the tail and lift the heart, coming into a cow pose. And then with a breath out, tuck the tail, round the spine, take the chin to the chest, coming into a cow pose. Inhaling back to neutral. And then exhale, press the seat all the way back to the heels and lift the knees up, downward facing dog. Inhale to stretch the right leg back and up behind. On the exhale, look to the hands, bring the right foot all the way up between the hands. Inhale, reach the right knee forward, left heel back. And then exhale to lower the left knee down. Inhaling, lift the torso, reach the arms up. And exhale, both hands behind the back, clasp into your foot. Press the palms together, knuckles reach to the left heel, roll the heart open. And exhale, lunge a little bit deeper for one. Breathe in. And out for two. Inhale. And exhale for three. And on the breath in, release the clasp of the hands, reach the arms. And exhale to fold forward, frame the foot. Left toes are tucked under. On the inhale, lift the knee. And then exhale, left foot comes forward to meet the right at the front of the mat. Inhale, hands to shins or thighs, lengthen the spine. And exhale, fold over the leg. Breathe in and come all the way to stand. Reach the arms out and up overhead. And exhale to bring the hands together in front of the heart. And as you breathe in, reach the arms out and up. And exhale to fold forward. Inhale, hands to shins or thighs, lift halfway and lengthen. On the exhale, as you plant the hands, this time the left foot goes to the back of the mat first. Inhale, a breath. And then exhale to lower the left knee down. Left hand planted directly beneath the left shoulder. On the inhale, bring the right hand to the top of the right thigh. And then exhale from the navel, twist to the right. 
So you're turning the belly button and the heart towards the right knee. Breathe in. And breathe out for one. Use that right hand as some leverage. See if you can press a little harder and twist more. Stack the right shoulder over the left. Exhale for two. Breathe in. And breathe out for three. Inhale, untwist, release both hands to the floor. Tuck the left toes, lift the knee, exhale. And then on a breath in, step back, downward facing dog. Exhale and downward facing dog. And then raise the heels, come forward to plank pose. Exhale to lower the knees, just pause here and move through the cow pose with the breath in, lift the hips and the heart. Exhale, bend the elbows, lower the chest and chin to the neck. Breathe in and slide forward onto the belly, lift the heart. And exhale to tuck the toes. The seat goes directly back to the heels and then lift the knees, downward facing dog. On a breath in, lift the left leg, back and up. And exhale to step the left foot up in between the hands. Inhale, breath. And exhale to lower the right knee to the mat. Plant the right hand directly beneath the shoulder. As you inhale, take the left hand to the left thigh. And then exhale to twist to the left. Breathe in, use the leverage between the hand and the knee. Try to stack the left shoulder over the right. Exhale for two. Breathe in. And out for three. And then inhale to untwist. That left hand goes down to the floor, lift the right knee. Exhale, look ahead and step the right foot to meet the left at the front of the mat. Inhale to slide hands to shins or thighs and lengthen. And exhale to fold forward. Breathing in, come all the way to stand arms, stretch out and up overhead. And exhale to bring the hands in front of the heart. And then for Utkatasana, the fierce pose or the chair pose, you could keep some space between the feet or bring them together to touch. And then bend the knees and sit back on an inhale, reach the arms out and up over top. Exhale, fold forward, frame the feet and straighten the legs. Then inhale to lift and lengthen the spine. And exhale to plant the hands and step back, downward facing dog. On a breath in, raise the right leg back and up behind. And then exhale to bring the right knee to the right wrist, like you're coming into the pigeon prep pose. We're going to slide that left leg back, let the right hip come down towards the mat. Then rather than folding forward today, walk the hands back, lift the torso. So you're extending the spine into a back-bending shape. And when you keep the torso lifted, you'll feel more sensation in the left leg, not as much in that right outer hip rotator. So you can stay here. This might be enough stretch for you already. Or bring the right hand in front of the right shin. Bend the left knee and reach back with the left hand to hold the foot or the ankle for a quad stretch. And inhale. And exhale for one. 
Breathe in. And out for two. Inhale. If you're holding the left foot, as you exhale on three, release that foot down. Tuck the left toes under. And then inhale as you lift up to down dog. Send the right leg all the way back and up. Three-legged dog. Look between the hands. And as you exhale, bring the right foot forward between the hands. Back heel is going to stay lifted on the inhale, coming into a high crescent lunge. And then exhale, let the hips sink down low. Breathe in. And breathe out for one. Inhale. And exhale, two. Breathe in. On three, folding the torso forward, the hands are going to come out in front of the right toe. So we're coming into standing splits, taking the gaze towards the top of the mat, and then launching the left toes to the sky. And then from the standing split position, you can keep the right hand on the floor about 10 to 12 inches in front of the right small toe, or bring the right hand onto a block and lift the left hand to the left side waist. Start to stack the hips and open up into Ardha Chandrasana, the half moon pose. And then if it's available in your practice this morning, bending the left knee, reach back again with the left hand to hold the foot or the ankle, and then press the hips forward, coming into Ardha Chandra Chapasana. Breathe in and breathe out for one. Inhale. Exhale two. Breathe in. If you're holding the left foot as you exhale, release it carefully. Come back to half moon. And then inhale to square the hips and shoulders to the floor, coming back to the standing slip. And as you exhale, bend the right knee, pull the left knee in, step left foot next to the right. Inhale, lift and lengthen the spine. Long spine as you exhale, pull forward, stretch out those hamstrings. On a breath in, rise all the way to stand, stretch the arms out and reach up. And exhale to bring the hands in front of the heart. Again, feet hip distance apart or together, coming into Utkatasana. As you breathe in, bend the knees, sit back, raise the arms out and up. Then exhale to fold forward over the legs. Inhale, extending the spine, lifting halfway. Exhale, walk the feet back to downward facing dog. And then inhale to raise the left leg back and up. Exhale, first the left knee comes to the left wrist. And then inhale to slide the right foot back. Walk the hands in and extend the spine. So you can stay here or bring the left hand in front of the left shin. Bend the right knee and reach back for a quad stretch. Inhale. Exhale for one. Breathe in. And out for two. 
Inhale. And on three, if you're holding the foot, release it back carefully. Hands beneath the shoulders, right toes tucked. And as you inhale, step back to three-legged dog. So that left leg goes all the way up and back. Exhale to look at the hands and step the left foot in between the hands. For a crescent lunge, the right heel stays lifted. On the inhale, lift the torso. Exhale, let the hips sink down and forward. Breathe in. And out for one. Inhale. And exhale for two. Breathe in. And then on three, folding forward, the hands are going to go out in front of the left toes. As you inhale, launch the right leg, standing split. And then shift the left hand onto the floor or a block, about 10 to 12 inches in front of the left foot. Right hand to the right waist. And start to open the hips to the right. Ardha Chandrasana. Can stay here or bend the right knee. Reach back with the right hand. Hold on to the foot or the ankle and then press the hips forward. Ardha Chandra Chopasana. Breathe in. And out for one. Inhale. Exhale for two. Breathe in. If you're holding the foot on three, release the right foot back. And then inhale to square the hips and the shoulders, standing split, lift those toes up. Bend the left knee as you exhale, bring the right foot next to the left. Inhale, extending the spine. Try to keep the spine long as you exhale and fold, lift up through the tailbone and the sitting bones, big hamstring stretch. And then breathe in and come all the way up to stand. And exhale to release the hands in front of the heart. As you inhale, reach the arms out and up overhead. And exhale, fold forward. Inhale to lift halfway. And exhale to step back, downward facing dog. As you inhale, raise the heels, come forward to plank pose. And then exhale, lower all the way down to the mat. Once you're here, release your forehead down for Sphinx pose, or, or sorry, for Locust pose, Shalabhasana. And clasp the hands into a fist behind the back. So you're pressing the palms together. Stretch out through the elbows. Reach the knuckles back towards the heels. Then squeeze the shoulder blades towards each other. As you inhale, lift the chest and head. Also lift the arms away from the low back. And it's up to you today if you want to raise the feet. Breathe in. And out for one. Inhale. Exhale, two. Breathe in. And then on three, lower all the way down. Turn the right ear and the right cheek towards the mat. Release the hands down. Maybe shake the hips a little from side to side. 
And then as you start to turn the forehead forward again, you can either bring the elbows beneath the shoulders for the sphinx pose, or bring the hands beneath the shoulders for the cobra pose. So elbows come all the way up and your torsos propped up, or hands beneath the shoulders. But and then as you inhale, press down through the hands and pull back to lift the head. And exhale for one. Inhale, keep externally rotating the shoulders. Make the front of the chest as broad as you can. Exhale for two. Breathe in. And three, lower all the way down. Turn the left ear and the left cheek to touch the mat. Shake the hips a little bit from side to side or bend the knees. Let the shins sweep from side to side. And then take your time rolling all the way over onto your back. And as you come over onto your back, set up for a bridge pose or Setu Bandhasana. So just like we did in the beginning, the heels are beneath the knees, the arms at the sides. And then press the hands and the feet down and lift the hips up. Take whichever arm variation you like here. So you can pull on the sides of the mat to help tuck the outer upper arms underneath, or you can walk the outer upper arms underneath and clasp the hands into a fist, or you could even try to reach down and hold your ankles or your heels. And then I know that you can't actually see this, but kind of open your eyes and let your eyes drift towards where your hips and your pelvis are. And then make a determination about where your hips are at in relation to your knees. Are your hips as high as your knees or are they lower than your knees or are your hips higher than your knees? So just where are your hips, where's your pelvis in relation to your knees? Take one more breath in. And lower all the way down. Reach the right arm up beside the right ear. Roll all the way over to your right side. And then press yourself up and sit up so that you'll be standing on your knees. So even if you don't usually have cushion under your knees, if you have something available, it can be nice when you're standing to have a little extra padding underneath of your knees. And then take your knees about hip width apart, maybe even slightly wider, and bring the hands onto the low back. So you wanna to start to externally rotate the shoulders and get that upper outer arm back behind you, just like you had it in bridge pose. And then squeeze the glutes just a little, take a breath in. And as you exhale, start to lean back. 
And then as you lean back, see if you can remember where your pelvis was at in relation to your knees. So get your pelvis in about the position it was in your bridge pose. And then once you have your pelvis where it was in your bridge pose, one at a time, try to reach the hands down. They'll either touch your calves or they'll touch all the way back to your heels. And as you reach the hands down, start to lift up through the heart. So don't change the position of your pelvis here. Just start to lift up through the foot. So you're just replicating the bridge pose, only standing on your knees. This is Ustrasana, the camel pose. Breathe in. Breathe out for one. Inhale. And exhale for two. Breathe in. Breathe out for three. Don't change anything about the shape of your posture. Only inhale and bring the hands onto the low back. Keep the gaze towards the ceiling, and then on the next breath in, start to lift the torso up. Let the head be the last thing to come up. And then on the exhale, coming forward to hands and knees. And just take a moment here on hands and knees and kind of wag your tail a little bit from side to side. And then stretch the left arm over to the left side for thread the needle, exhale, and take the left shoulder and the left ear all the way down to the mat, coming into a twist. Press the back of the left hand down into the floor. Find a comfortable spot for your right hand or your right arm. See if you can find a position with the right hand that helps you work deeper into the twist. So, not so much about the shoulder stretch right now, but more about twisting and neutralizing your spine. And then start to move the right hand back underneath of the shoulder, work your way back up to hands and knees. Wiggle your tail a little bit from side to side. Make some circles with your hips. And then stretch the right arm straight out to the side. And let the right arm dive all the way down and through shoulder and ear to the mat. And then find that position for the left hand that allows you to open into the twist. Start to bring the left hand back beneath the shoulder. Work your way back up to hands and knees. Just a minute to wag your tail from side to side or move through a round or two of cat and cow.
And then bring the big toes a little bit closer and take the knees a little bit wider. Make the cat shape with your spine so you're pressing the hands down and rounding the spine towards the ceiling. And then keep that cat-like shape as you press your hips back towards your heels and settle back into a child's pose. But as you come back into child's pose, try to maintain that flexion in your spine, so that rounded shape. And then direct your breath into the back of your body and just expand the space between shoulder blades. Expand through the low back, and space around the kidneys. So in the back bending postures, the back side of the body contracts. It works really hard to extend your spine into that back bending shape. So just a minute to stretch it out. And then when you're ready, you can start to slowly make your way onto your back. And as you get set up on your back, um, set up again with both knees bent and the feet on the mat. So like you're gonna come into bridge pose, but that's not what we're gonna do. We're gonna keep the left foot down and bring the right knee towards the chest. And then we just wanna stretch the back of the right leg. So some of you might hook your first two finger and thumb around your right big toe. Others of you might just slide your hands behind your right thigh and start to straighten the right leg any amount, just enough to feel the back of that leg stretching. So it, everyone will be doing something slightly different and looking slightly different. Some of you will feel a stretch if you keep the knee bent. Some of you are gonna to need to straighten that knee out all the way. Some of you are gonna feel a stretch before your heel even points to the ceiling. And some of you are gonna nearly bring your toes to your face to get that stretch. So everybody's gonna look a little bit different here. And it really doesn't matter uh, what form your body looks like. Instead, just focus on what you feel. You try to feel a stretch in the back of the leg. So adjust in whatever way you need to to get that stretch. Take your time, enjoy the stretch here as long as you need to, and then when you're ready, go ahead and switch sides. And just hang out here, stretching the back of the left leg as long as it feels good. And then when you're ready to move on from this side, take your time, we haven't been here nearly as long, but when you're ready to move on from this side, take about 30 seconds after that just to shift and move around and make your body comfortable for Shavasana.
And if for some reason as you're settling in, you find that you're not very comfortable on your back, try stretching out long first, feet to the end of the mat, arms overhead, and arch the low back away from the floor. So make some space between your low back and the mat. But and then try to maintain that space as you let the arms drift back down. And then if that still doesn't relieve your discomfort, you might just try extending one arm up beside the ear and roll to one side or the other, or even rolling all the way around um, resting on your belly. So make sure that you're comfortable. And then take a deep breath in through the nose. If you're here in person, just let that breath out slow through your nose. If you're at home, you might sigh it out through your mouth. And just let the breath settle, slow and steady.
Begin to slowly deepen the breath, moving toes and fingers, wrists and ankles. As you start to move the knees in towards the chest, reach the right arm beside the right ear. Roll all the way over to the right side. Just take a moment to rest here on the right side. It's a normal reaction to feel angry and sad when thousands of people are dying from a viral pandemic, others have lost their jobs, and many are being violently abused and even murdered because of their color. Yes, these feelings are normal for people, but a yogi must resist the seduction of negative emotions, which only heighten the polarity observed. A yogi is not a normal person, easily satisfied with the samsaric existence. A yogi is interested in becoming a jivanmukta, a liberated soul. So what do we do then? What action is appropriate during a time of crisis? Can you still take to the streets and protest? Can you still wish for a kinder world? Yes. If you are willing to be motivated by a power beyond anger and preference, Patanjali suggests in the first chapter, Sutra 33, that when you encounter suffering or dukkha, you should meet it with compassion or karuna. Ready, use the left hand, come all the way back up to seated. As you come up to seated, just find a comfortable seat, resting hands in the lap or together in front of the heart. Take a breath in and then on the exhale, bow the wisdom of the head towards the wisdom of the heart. So in its fullness, Sutra number 33 says, the key to joy or the key to happiness is to be friendly, compassionate, joyful, and patient. May we all move forward in a more friendly, compassionate, joyful, and patient way.
The divine light in me sees and honors the divine light in each one of you. Namaste. Namaste.